0: Lord, during this um, time of prayer with you, uh, reflecting a little bit more deeply upon your word to us and how you teach us uh, the way that we must follow you, this Sunday our gospel takes its turn. All of the, the three synoptic gospels, at least, they, they really kind of turn. And Lord, your teaching turned at a certain point after Peter's confession um, that you're the Christ, it um, then things change a little bit and or a lot of bit, because we we hear you began to show your disciples that you must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And so what this is is that at a at a point, um, the the way that we just kind of were going about doing things, the way that. We thought, you know, we got, we took those first steps in uh, religion. We took those first steps in following you in discipleship. We, um, we started out along the way, but then at a point it gets deeper and that we have to um, not just follow you the way that we want, but we have to follow you the way that you want, um, that you call, you, you begin to show your apostles The reality of what it means to be our savior, Um, and that this is not going to be a glorious military conquest. This isn't going to be um, something that's that's kind of a celebrity fanfare, but rather, you're going to save us by dying for us, Uh, by dying out of out of love for us. Um, You'll be handed over uh, to the people that to to your enemies. (laughs) Right? Those who are seeking to kill you, uh, you've got to be handed over to them. And that you, um, you teach us this, that this is, this is who you are. And that we, we have to allow ourselves to be brought along the path of discipleship where it goes from just being kind of what I want it to be to being, Lord, what you want it to be. And how you, the God that you are, and how you want your disciples to follow you. Uh, Peter, Peter doesn't like this. And St. Peter, who was just proclaimed to be the rock. This is actually one of the most um, interesting juxtapositions, the two things next to each other in scriptures. Peter, who's the rock? You are Peter. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. So Peter, the Pope, taking, you know, this is, okay, I'm the rock now. Let me, um, let me tell God what to do. So we hear that Peter um, took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Um, so let's have a secret meeting, Lord, because uh, this isn't going to work out. So secret meeting, and um, I, I'm going to yell at God. I'm going to rebuke him. Uh, and that, that doesn't work at all. Poor Peter. Uh, his first kind of act as the rock is to try to rebuke God. Uh, but that happens a lot of times, that our Lord gives us a responsibility uh, in his church, in the apostolate, and that we, um, we start being like, okay, now I'll tell you how this is going to go, God. Um, and so Peter began to him, God forbid, Lord, nothing, this will never happen to you. You won't die for us. It's, this will never happen. And he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You're an obstacle to me. Whew. I mean, but how, how many times may our Lord say to us, you, you get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me, right? And um, this shows us as well. While we reverence and we love and we pray for the Pope, we reverence the teaching office of the Pope, even the Pope is able to become an obstacle to Christ, that the, um, not in his public teaching, but in his kind of private, let's you know go on the side and do this and get behind me, Satan. And so... Um, so there we continue to, uh, our Lord rebukes, rebukes each of us in one way or another. We're all going to get rebuked. Um, what was, there was a, um, it's the, the parable about um, pruning the branches, right? It's in John's gospel, uh, not parable, of his teaching. Um, and that it's every branch that does not bear fruit gets cut off and thrown away. And every branch that does bear fruit gets pruned so that it may bear more fruit. And one of the things I always love about that passage is, if you really think about it, either way, you're getting caught. Whether you're getting cut because you're getting cut off or whether you're getting caught because you're being pruned, either way you get caught. There's no way out of it. And each of us, in our own way, we get rebuked by the Lord, and we need to be. Whether it's for big sins or small sins, whether it's for trying to have our own mind about our authority and our ministry, trying to do things our way, each of us gets um, every now and again that rebuke. And that when we oppose the cross of the Lord and when we oppose the will of God in these things, when we oppose the plan that God has set up for us um, and the plan that he's put in place for our redemption, we are Satan. We are a- in opposition to uh, the will of God and we are placing ourselves as the adversary that when we want to um, rebuke god himself for this plan that um we become satan in that way that we are an adversary uh, again it's it's maybe more of a, a timely thing and who knows what's going to happen but imagine if our lord said like okay in a couple of weeks it's gonna be another lockdown you know the things spike a little bit and you're gonna need to embrace that and bear that cross and we, no god forbid lord don't let it happen Uh, we can't get behind me satan if this is the plan to bring more people to holiness and deeper interior life that we're gonna have to go through this thing again okay like you know and to to oppose that um and to reject it get behind me satan that we become satan and the void and it's it you know our lord uses the exact same words as he did earlier in the gospel in the temptations um be gone satan right that it's in greek it's the exact same phrase um, so he's, he's speaking just as much to the adversary um, that he fought in the, in the desert, um, who stands in the way of the cross. That if we ever think that we can have true holiness without the cross, then we are mistaken. Um, and that that's the work of the devil. Uh, that this is what happened in the temptation in the desert, that Lord, the Lord could have this glory by using his power to, to just feed himself to satiate his own desires, uh, turning bread into stones into bread, or becoming a spectacle, jumping off the temple and letting people see that he miraculously doesn't you know plummet to the ground or um, having all the kingdoms of the world handed over to him by the devil um, to rule over them all if he just worships the devil and that these are all shortcuts from the glory that, um, our Lord would win through the cross and the resurrection. This is the fast. let's go on the, let's go on the fast pass. Um, let's just kind of get there quick. We're going to take a little shortcut away from the pain and suffering, away from the difficulty, away from the cross. We're going to rather take the easy way, um, and the quick way. We're just going to get it done. Let's just, we we want the glory without the, um, the pain and the suffering that oftentimes go along with it. And, um, that's the work of the devil to, to try to get us to take an easy, an easy way out. Um, none of this talk about hard work or uh, um, suffering or sacrifice. Absolutely not. And just as much as the devil is doing that at the beginning of the Lord's ministry, trying to talk him out of it, if you will. So Peter and I was trying to talk him out of it again, right in the middle of this uh, public ministry. This usually happens right around the middle of the three synoptic gospels. And so, um, so our Lord rebukes him. Get behind me, Satan. Um, and that we can't have that mentality of, of avoiding the cross, avoiding difficulties. And so to cultivate in our own lives that um, we should have a love of the cross, a love of, of the Holy Cross, our Lord... Then, after he rebukes Peter, he says to all of the disciples who are there, "Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me." Whoever, if you want to come after me, this is what you have to do. No exceptions. Whoever wants to wishes to come after me must do these three things, right? It's not. Well, whoever wants to come after me, you gotta, you got to pray a lot every day, right? That's good. We should do that. But that's, whoever wants to come after me, you got to sign up for a vocation in the church and that that's what you're going to do. You're going to be a priest or uh, a monk or a nun or one of those things. Whoever wants to come after me, um, spend a lot of time in church. Volunteer. That's it. If you want to come after me, volunteer in the church or give a lot of money to the church, right? right? The Lord doesn't say any of that, but it's very clear. Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And so this is the path that's set out for us, no exceptions, that each of us, in our own way, if we're going to really be um, coming after the Lord, following the Lord, if we're really on the path of discipleship, if we really want to grow in interior life, we want to grow into souls of prayer, Um, if we want to really have that contemplative relationship of love with our Lord, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And so the first point there, to deny ourselves, that we um, need to regularly go against our um, kind of basic impulses, that every day we should seek um, small ways, it's the small ones that are the best even, small ways to deny ourselves. I'm going to, you know, the good example, I'm going to drink my coffee black instead of having it with cream and sugar. At this point in my life, it'd probably be more mortification to offer to have it with cream and sugar than to drink it black. But, um, but there's something about, okay, look, whatever, it's a small way. But I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to deny myself in something that doesn't mean anything at all, as a practice. Um, that's all mortification is. It's a it's a scary word, um, but it's not a scary thing at all. What mortification is is it's a, it's a practice of of denying myself um, in a small way, uh, so that I it's putting to death. It's so mortification comes from the word for death, but it's to put to death those little. Um, desires and whims that I have. I want to uh, today. I want to sleep in. I said it's Saturday morning. I, I don't actually have to be in as much of a rush. I got another ten minutes, fifteen minutes. I'm gonna. I could sleep in, right? That that little desire to, to nope, get right up. Um, a little mortification. That's all it is. It's just it's denying that that desire for as it gets colder and colder. Uh, the desire to stay nice and warm under the covers is, is a real thing. But, you know, a little mortification there. Deny ourselves by just hopping right up and, and getting up. Little things um, to, to do our work and to do it well. Deny, to deny ourselves in, in small ways, right? Um, in San Jose Maria, there's a chapter, there's a whole chapter um, in the way about about mortification um again it's these small little things um but he's very clear and you know following the teaching of our lord here unless you mortify yourself you'll never become a prayerful. you'll never be a prayerful soul right that if we really want to be souls of prayer we have to be willing to make these small self-denials because then you know go to pray in the chapel um come to pray in the church and this is more of a modern problem but um let me check my phone. Oh, I got a text message. I, I felt, I felt the, the buzz. I got to, Let me just check. Deny. What a great mortification it is in the 21st century to just not check my text messages when I'm praying, to not uh, check my email, um, to, to, to leave these things be to, for now, right? To, to not do it when we're having a conversation with another person even, um, to let it go. And that, that's a great little thing. Unless we, we mortify ourselves, unless we know how to put to death these, these small little desires, so we don't follow them around, right? What will happen is our sensible desires, they're going to just kind of drag us around. Oh, I want to look at that. Oh, that's shiny. Oh, let me go do that. Oh, but then uh, I'm tired, so I'm going to take a little nap, and then we're going to do this. and the, it, it, We go all over the place. If we want to really be prayers, souls of prayer, if we really want to follow our Lord... Right, we follow them on the on the straight and narrow path, and if our every little whim is like, oh, but go here, go there, go there, that, that doesn't work. Rather, to deny ourselves, to to let all that stuff be put to death, right? Mortification, to let it be be put to death. Again, uh, uh, another like little little one. Um, don't say that person bothers me. Think that person sanctifies me, right? Oh, what a great little mortification! This person who bothers me—no, they don't bother—they they do bother me. But really, more on a deeper level, they're sanctifying me. Deny myself to not not avoid the people that, that sometimes are um, frustrating or annoying. But in this, um, he also he also teaches us um, choose mortifications that don't mortify others, right? I'm going, to, um, I'm going to stop bathing. That's good. No, that's going to be a mortification for everyone else around me. That's not a good mortification, right? I'm going to stop drinking coffee. But in doing that, I'm going to be a total grouch to everyone I meet. Well, uh, choose mortifications that don't mortify others. If my small mortifications... And a great way to deny ourselves as well is... So let's, you know, this is... Um, in the car, driving in the car well, I want, to have the more, I want to offer a little mortification. I'm not going to really use the air conditioning. We'll do the windows. Don't need the air conditioning on this you know, humid, hot day. Um, but I have a passenger in the car. Choose mortifications that don't mortify others, right? That our charity toward each other is, um, should still be paramount, and we should still show good charity and courtesy and manners to others. And if, if in choosing these small little mortifications we end up being rude to others, or imposing them on others. Um, that's not, that's not a, true, a true Christian spirit. We have to deny ourselves. This is our Lord says, if you really want to follow, deny yourself. Uh, but I want my way. Like I want my way. I want my way all the time. And I think my way is pretty good a lot of times. I want my way. Well, deny yourself. Go against getting your way. Do it intentionally. Whoever wants to follow me, you have to do this. Go against getting your way. Deny yourself. Then take up your cross. Um, that this is to whatever the burdens I have in life, this is not my intentional self-denials, but the cross is those things that are, are placed upon us. And so when we after we deny ourselves, we've got to take up our cross. And that's um, the burdens of the day. Again, if we, if we think that holiness and following our Lord is about honors and about this you know worldly success then we're we're mistaken it has nothing to do with that and it could be so easy to just go down the trap of I'm gonna be a saint and so I'm gonna do really strange things and and forget about the chores I have to do at home uh, I, I'm gonna be a saint so I'm gonna go I'm gonna spend all day in church that's what I'm gonna do because I want to be a saint today. Well, I had to pick up some family members and I told them I'd give them a ride. But, you know, I was I was in church being a saint. Like, No, take up your cross means those daily duties. We do them faithfully. We do them lovingly. Deny First, we deny ourselves so we're not following our every whim. And then we take up our cross. And so that means doing the work that we have to do today, doing it well, doing it with love putting up with the burdens, more than putting up with them, to actually carry them and carry them well. I was very impressed and edified. Um, I was um, with a priest, uh, and, and you know, he, he tripped and, and rolled his ankle. Didn't sprain it, but he, he rolled it. It was a pretty good, um, it was swelling, swelling pretty good. And you could think, like, you know, you do that, and now, oof, if I get an injury, I get a I'm taking the next few days off until all that swelling goes down and everything. And he totally didn't. He he. Just, and everyone's like, "Are you okay?" Oh yeah, I'm fine. No, don't worry. I'm just going to go a little slower than I normally do. But I'm. I, I can still hear confessions. I can still say mass. I can still do all these things. That this is a cross. It's not something he didn't choose to to roll his ankle. Um, but that he um, when that okay. This is it hurts a lot more now. It's a lot more difficult. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say take this as an excuse to go and just do my own thing and to give up on a path of holiness and of my ministry and of my work. Rather, take up your cross. And so, when the daily kind of burdens uh, come upon us, we take up our cross and we do it out of love. Uh, I wanna. I'm driving between you know here in Massachusetts or something, and I hit a bunch of traffic. When, once you're stuck in traffic, you're stuck. There's nothing you can do. It usually, if you can get off the highway early enough, great. But if you get stuck and it's not moving and it's not going anywhere, take up your cross. There it is. Here I am. I'm stuck in traffic. There's nothing I can do. Oh, well, you know, it's going to happen to each of us at some point in our life, maybe even before the end of the day, it'll happen again. And when that happens, we could throw a temper tantrum, we could complain. We could say, this gives me a right to just be in a bad mood. Or, if we really want to come after our Lord and follow him and be his disciples, all right, I'm in traffic. This is the cross. I can take it up joyfully. In Laetitia nulla dia sine cruce. Not a single day without rejoicing in the cross. Uh, That's on the Paul for the mass. In Laetitia nulla dia sine cruce that we don't have a single day without rejoicing in the cross. And so, whatever cross I have to bear today, maybe the ones that I've already borne this morning, do it, enjoy it with joy, with love, as a true disciple of our Lord. Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Um, and so then we have to we follow after our Lord. Um, that's the third point. We imitate Christ. That we, we, do, we live like he lived. And so this is when we encounter him daily as we, as we read the Gospels. Um, we, we, we imitate our Lord with his charity, with his mercy, um, with his prayer. You know, our Jesus was incredibly busy. There was a lot of work that he had to do every day. And he never neglected his times of prayer. Uh, he'd get up early, even before the sun came up, uh, it's in the very beginning of Mark's gospel, even before sunrise, and just went alone to a deserted place to pray, to be there talking to the Father, the Son, and communication, and loving conversation with the Father. And so when we follow our Lord, and as we take the three steps, first we deny ourselves, right? That's, that's got to be the first step we take to, to give up these little things, to make these small little um, sacrifices. We deny ourselves, which trains us, which strengthens us, to be able then to bear the cross of the day. If I've been faithful in little things, oh, I can give this up, I can give that up, little things. No one will notice even. The best mortifications are one that nobody ever notices. Um, no one knows. And, uh, but then when the big things come when those crosses are really there, well, then I, I'm trained, I know, okay. I'm in, in tizia, nulla dia sine cruce. I'm here, Lord, I'm with you. We're going we're gonna to do this together. And then we're prepared to follow our Lord. Then we we got all the prerequisites in place. Then we're able to spend that time in, in deep contemplation. Then we're able to be merciful. Then we're able to preach and proclaim the gospel authentically. We're able to engage in apostolate. Um, because we're on the right path, not seeking after superficial glories, not seeking after our own way of doing things. And so then our Lord continues to teach us, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Right? These things, these little things that we give up in our lives, Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. If we, just, if we just hold on to our life, our way of doing things, our, our wants and desires, if we just hold grip onto those, we're going to lose it. It's, if, we make, if my whole plan in life, if my, if my life goal, the, the overarching desire I have is to just be well-rested. <laughs> Like, it's not going to work. You can't, you can't live that way. You're going to lose it. It's not going to happen. One thing or another or another will come up, and we, um, we're going we're gonna to lose that. Whoever wishes to save his life, whoever's fo- if I just want to be well-fed, right? I'm generally well-fed. But I, that's my whole goal. It just it's not, it, it doesn't satisfy. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it there's nothing, there's nothing that we can give um, that's not worth it, right? That we give everything for the sake of the Lord. We totally lose ourselves our entire life. We give it all away for the Lord, and it's a million percent worth it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And then just um, in conclusion, it's because our Lord puts it all in the right perspective. and all of this, all of this needs to be in that right perspective. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and to forfeit his life? Right, what profit would... This is actually the words that St. Ignatius would regularly say to St. Francis Xavier when they were roommates together in the University of Paris. That's all... He, Francis, what does it profit to gain the whole world and forfeit your life. And here, life means soul, holiness. What's the what's prophet? Why, why, why do you want... You know, Francis Xavier actually uh, should have been a bishop. Um, he Instead, he joined the Jesuits, which were a brand new order. And people didn't like the Jesuits at all. And this crazy man, Ignatius, who um, was really living the gospel. But he, people thought he was totally crazy. And Francis Xavier, who should have been a bishop from a great Spanish family... And, but Ignatius is like, look, so what if you're a bishop? Who cares? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, even being a bishop, and to lose your life, to lose your soul? And Francis, If young Francis Xavier had gone that path, he probably today wouldn't be St. Francis Xavier. I can't tell you any bishops that uh, were from that time period that are in our roles of saints. But those early Jesuits who gave themselves entirely in poverty and in mission, fidelity to the gospel... Ignatius, Francis Peter Faber, three college roommates, all canonized saints, giving themselves entirely to the Lord. There's no profit. There's no, there's no way that it ends up well in, on the balance sheet to try to hold on, to grip on to our comfort and our way of doing things. When we do that, we're like Peter and we try to talk our Lord into it even worse. We're going to do it our way. My way, Lord. Get behind me, Satan. Our Lord replies, there's no, there's no profit in it being my way. Doesn't serve us anything. Um, But if we give it all, every little bit to our Lord, if we're willing to make these small daily self-denials, think about it, just these small little things, and then to bear our cross with love, um, Fidelity, with patience, and even with a joy and a smile, in laetitia, in rejoicing, um, in the cross, every day, that has tremendous impact. That um, that's worth so much along the path of true holiness. In a special way, on this um, on this Saturday, you know, we consider that, and Peter probably needed to see this example. Um, And all the disciples of Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and how she did this—you know—you want to talk about a disciple who, who probably, not probably, definitely was the best at denying herself and taking up her own cross. Your own heart, a sword shall pierce. Um, Mary's standing faithfully by the cross of Our Lord. She knew how to bear the cross. Um, She knew how to deny herself in the small little ways. There's only a mother as only a mother knows how to, to really deny herself for her child. Well, Mary was doing that for God. Her child was God. And so all those daily self-denials that any mother does out of love for their child, um, Mary was doing that for God. And so she could teach us, as the mother of God, how to deny ourselves in these ways for our Lord, how to do it in a supernatural way. And so we ask Our Lady uh, to pray for us, to teach us uh, the true path of discipleship, Um, so that we may deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow her Son along all the paths of glory and holiness, true glory and holiness in the cross of Jesus Christ.